the path to authenticity, you have to be brave. You have to be brave to take off the mask that they've asked you to wear and glue stuck to your face. You have to be willing to take that shit off and be seen and exposed for who and what you really are. Now, welcome guys. Welcome to the daily podcast. Again, going off the off the table, off the grid, off the grid again. Because you know when when you get rerouted, you trust the reroute. I had this revelation a, a while back about uh, your destination, your destiny, if you will. Listen, you can never get this life wrong. You cannot get this life wrong any more than you can get it right. So there's no right or wrong. There just is. And all we are, the choices that we make and the decisions we decide, that is it. No matter how many times your route gets redirected, your destination remains the same. No matter how many times your route gets redirected, your destination remains the same. So when you're driving the GPS and you feel like you've missed a turn or you've taken a wrong turn or you've gotten so lost, it might take a little longer, it might go shorter, you might have to take a couple detours, but the destination is still the same. It doesn't matter which route you have to take. The Israelites had to wander in the desert, in the wilderness for 40 years for a trip that would have only taken 11 days. Now, we can look at that and say, dang, son, took y'all 40 years for an 11-day trip. Or we can look at that and say, that's what you needed. (laughs) That's what they needed. They needed to go 40 years. Because if they tried the 11-day route, they would have ended back in bondage. They would have ended back where they started. So trust the process. Trust the reroute. Trust the destination. So I uh, am doing a series about money. We're going to finish up that series later on but first we got to trust the reroute we got to trust the reroute so I was listening to my roots podcast and I just was like man just I feel like the collective consciousness is going through especially with this moon Aries is like tearing shit up (laughs) um that fire boy mmm We go into the fire as silver and we come out as pure gold. We are gems. (laughs) Those of us who are willing to go into this fire will be purified and we will come out as pure gold. Oh, man. There's a song that I've been listening to. It's on uh, Snoop Dogg's Bible Bible album. I think it might be track number nine. It's uh, our 12. It's by the Clark Sisters. It's called Pure Gold. So a little fun fact, a little detour before I get too deep. <laughs> is, um, you know, as a kid, I used to, we used to do a lot of road trips. We used to do a lot of road trips, cross country, just road trips. And I used to love being the DJ for those road trips. I love, like, the way my mind works. I love hearing the song I want to play after. Like, I just had this DJ mindset. And so, um... In the introduction video, introduction podcast, if you haven't heard it, season one, <laughs> episode one, introduction podcast, I mentioned JKV radio station. That's going to be real. 
okay that's that's real because a lot of things we we are in childhood we lose that somewhere along the way but that's who we always have been and as a child I would DJ and I would say yo 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 this is JKV radio station what up whatever I would say I would say caller any callers y'all got a request (laughs) and my family would you know act like they're calling in and say yeah can you play such and such and I would just be so excited I was so excited, like, oh, snap, let me think of how I'm going to work this song into the mix. Oh, I'm so happy that, you know, they called in or whatever. And back then, you know, back then we had CDs for the younger people. (laughs) We had had CDs. And so the way I would DJ, I had basically every track memorized, like every number memorized for songs. And I noticed a pattern. Again, I, I noticed patterns. And I had always noticed like five and six were always like five, six and seven. Sometimes eight were like hot tracks. It always seemed like they were hot tracks. And anytime, anytime a song like the single, the song that you hear on the radio, anytime that was actually number one, like on the album, that album was usually trash. <laughs> and um, I'm thinking of Lou Bega right now, uh, Mumbo number five. I definitely remember that for some reason that was number one on that CD and I just was like man this whole, gar- this whole album is garbage but um, I noticed that pattern like so many albums like that but I would be just so excited to memorize those um, those songs and those track numbers and just everything but I'm gonna talk today because my inner child wants to talk my inner child is recognizing a lot and so um yeah, you know, I, 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 I can, um, I can get so steadfast on my original plan, but not really anymore. I used to more so because the way I feel is it's just a detour. You know, this is a detour. I'm still going to continue my plans. This is just a detour. And I would be not honoring myself if I didn't honor this detour. So, and I can... You know, I think we all have our ways of beating ourselves up and overthinking, but, you know, we got to learn. I'm in the process of learning how to integrate those aspects that we've rejected. And so I started thinking about the fear of oversharing. (laughs) I said, the fear of oversharing, where does that come from? Is that even possible? Is it possible to overshare? And I, I think maybe... I think it's about tact and it's about like, you know, wisdom and discernment, but that's not necessarily what this is about. This is like something else. And I thought about the fear of being too much, the fear of exposure, the fear of public revealing, the fear of nudity of your soul, you know? And, you know, I was talking with my friend and she was like, you know, because we're having these genuine connections and in order to have these genuine connections, you have to be genuine and open. And that requires intimacy and vulnerability. But so many of us have been so abused and traumatized that we have these walls that block and shut that and shrink that part of ourselves. Now, one of the best uh, advice, or not even advice, but one of the things that one of my psychology professors said when I was an undergrad... She said, no one escapes childhood unscarred. 
no one escapes childhood unscarred. And it's not a comparison game. It's not to say one had it worse than the other. It's just to say we all have it worse and we all have it good just as equally. And no matter how good our parents are, the goal is not perfection. (laughs) You know, there's no perfect child, so there's no perfect parent. So we're acting like we're perfect or acting like we don't have all this stuff when we do, when we know we do, but no one wants to take the mask off first. No one wants to do the Jim Carrey, (laughs) the mask, you know, anyway. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, uh, I started thinking about this thing, like, there's another saying that I think is really detrimental. We don't realize how detrimental we are to each other. And it's not intentional. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's you know, we monkey do, monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> so it happens. It happens. But all it takes is for us to see how we have done that and look at ourselves and focus on ourselves. A lot of time we try to focus on other people. Hey, you're doing this. Hey, you're doing that. Okay, but what are you doing? What are you doing? No, but what are you doing? <laughs> okay, but anyway. Um, and I just thought about like, the fear, not even the fear, but the detriment of people saying, oh, you're just being overdramatic. You're, oh, that's a drama queen. That's a drama king. You're being overdramatic. The fear of being too much, the fear of being overdramatic, the fear of being labeled in general. Listen, we are multidimensional beings having a human experience. And in sidebar, this is why Jesus is my ascended master, because The fact that the creator loved his creation so much that he wanted to come here and experience it in a human form, I'm just like, yo. And I had a whole revelation on that, but I'll get into that later because I'm going to really derail myself. (laughs) I'll get into that later. But man, and I just started thinking about that. And I started asking myself, where did this fear of oversharing come from for me? Like, I start tracing the roots. I'm tracing the fruit to the branch, to the branch to the tree, to the tree, to the roots. And I'm like, man. And one thing that has been really detrimental, a lot of times we have voices in our heads and they're other people's voices. Sometimes they're our own. Sometimes they're not. One second. Spiral is hungry. Spiral, you still have food. You still have food right here. Come on, don't don't be that guy. But, um... We are. One thing as a child, my sibling would say to me, my sibling always called me, you're just faking, you're such a faker. You're faking. If I was sick, if I did anything, you're faking, you're faking. Just like, just like right now, my cat, my cat wants more food, even though she has more food. Do I invalidate her wanting more food? Or do I just give her more? Try to make her happy right now. Now I don't always do that because I don't believe in spoiling my cat, but I, I don't see it being detrimental right now. I'm not giving her a lot either, just enough to make her chill out for a sec. Hey, turn up. 
so um okay now she doesn't even want to eat but okay um the point of the matter is what we see in others is what we see in ourselves and I realized like my sibling would say I I was the faker quote-unquote but now as an adult I can see who actually was the faker I can see who actually was the imposter I can see these things and so when you do inner child work and shadow work you you can go back to these timelines you know And, and look at look at a timeline like this a timeline just like we go on our social medias they're timelines you can post a pic just as quickly as you can erase that pic. So don't think anything is permanent in your timeline. Even if it happened decades ago, it's not permanent. You can go and reintegrate that. You can change the narrative of that. You can completely delete it if you want to. And so my this is my chance to reparent myself. So I go back to those moments and I, I speak to that inner child and I say, you know, that person, that's how they feel about themselves. That's not about you. That's how they feel about themselves. And a lot of people can be leery about doing shadow work, but when you do shadow work, there's also light in the darkness. So what I found in that shadow work is when I was younger, I always thought of my sibling as being such a leader. I always thought my sibling was such a leader. And I was just a follower. Follower. I was the I was the Robin to the Batman. That was always my role, quote unquote. So I thought, even with my parents, my parent, they were like, "Oh, there goes your shadow," and it really created a lot of identity issues. And then that became a whole thing because then it became, "Oh, you have sexual identity issues," and then that became shame, and then that became this and that and that, and it just continues to snowball. But you tackle one thing at a time, one thing at a time, one foot in front of the other. And so I realized I saw this person as a leader, which means that's how I saw myself, even though I didn't realize it. Because the same attributes that reside in someone else that we admire, they reside within us too. And the same things we dislike about others, they reside in us too. So we really got to learn how to love those aspects that we've rejected and that we've forgotten. And... I just was like, man, (laughs) I was like, man, everyone else could see that I was a leader. I couldn't for the longest. I do now. I couldn't then. I remember one of the best advice, best words. I'm a words of affirmation kind of person. So yes, I do appreciate you guys, uh, your feedback, your, and I don't take anything as good or bad so positive or criticism I take it all in stride so I thank you guys for your your words of encouragement and um, I'm glad that you know some of you have reached out and said that what I'm doing is helping because that helps me and that makes me feel empowered and like I'm doing what I'm supposed to so thank you guys for your feedback as well but I um, my band director said he said do you know who the best saxophone player is And I'm looking at, you know, the person who I see as the best. And I'm like, this person. And they said, no. They said, you. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, my band director thinks that? And I think he's, like, super talented. But he also was very... I could never understand him. (laughs) So I kind of kept my distance. But he was very, like, 
he like knew everybody, but nobody at the same time. It was the weirdest thing. He could really see people. And I just was like, wow. And I remember when I became first chair out of the four saxophone players, we all went down the line. I think I, I think I was third. Yeah, that's what it was. I was third chair. And he said, move up to the first chair. And I just moved up one chair. And he said, no, move up one more. And I remember feeling so intimidated because it was like my big sorrow. And it was also like, <laughs> it was also like the person who I admired. And I just, I kind of felt intimidated. I was like, oh, snap. Like, and I realized that I've had a fear. I used to have a fear of elevation because the higher you, <coughs> the higher you go, the more visible you are. You become an easy target. But again, when you have this freedom, you don't care. When you have a message, when you have a purpose, when you know what that is, we all have a purpose, but once we start to find out what that is, we don't care what comes our way. Death, life, we don't care. You know? We just don't. Someone else who really inspires me, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., recently found out he is the same Myers-Briggs personality as myself, which is, out of the 16 personality types, this is the rarest type out of them all, and that is the INFJ. Intuitive something else, something else, something else. No, I don't know all of it, but I definitely know... Oh, um, that's that's what it is. It's not that. It's, um... um, in, um what is that? Introverted intuitive, feeling, judging. And I always used to feel like, dang, I don't want judging. Like, am I judgmental? And I, in some ways I can be for sure. And I definitely just like, was like, okay, let me just look at that. And let me see how, if that is part of me, how can I make that work for me, not against me? And so I have all these childhood memories coming up because my inner child got triggered yesterday as I talked about my grandmother because what I didn't share was the previous year, 2009, I prayed for them. Now, let me, let me back up too, because as a kid, I was always seen as like one of the wisest of the family, even though I was a child. And I didn't really know how to use my gifts and no one really knew how to teach me how to use my gifts. But everyone wanted the help. But it was like this fear because it was like, we don't know what to do with you but we're glad that you are here. And I always felt very alone because of that. But I also embraced it because of that. And uh, I just remember I would, I, let me ask this, I'm gonna put it this way. I'm gonna put this question because this is a question that I've asked myself and I wanna ask you guys as well. Would you rather be stared at or laughed at would you rather be stared at or laughed at? And you have to choose one. There's, if you had to, like, which one would, which one feels like more resistant, I guess, to it? For me, I hated being stared at. It made me feel defective. It made me feel like something was wrong. It made me feel like I was wrong. I didn't realize later on, until later on, that it was actually people usually, I mean, Usually, and it's all about also how you choose to interpret how they're staring too. But it always made me want to go quiet when they would stare. It was like, 
I said too much. I shouldn't be talking. Um, being misunderstood, yada, 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 whatever storyline I want to say. But now I'm starting to understand that people would stare and go quiet because it was almost like it wasn't fear. It was like them being in awe. But I felt like I was making people afraid. I would see this fear in people and I'd just be like, oh, snap. I done triggered someone. I done made someone question their reality. I done hurt someone in some way. And now I'm overstanding like that even if it is in fear, I'm kind of okay with being feared now, even if that is what it is. And, uh, you know, for the people who get it, they get it. And it's like, you really do find your tribe the more you become yourself. And we're going to take a short break. We're going to take a short break. When I come back, I'll be here. back I hope you guys enjoyed your break you know fear is false evidence appearing real as they say they also say it means face what is it face everything and rise or something else but let's focus on face everything and rise Because the fear that if I say something, I'll be killed. Or if I say something, I've I've, I've spoken in error. Or if I say something that I shouldn't say. Or all of these other things that we have lingering in our minds. I realize that stems from trauma. It stems from abuse. At least in my case, I realize that it stems from that. Because anyone who's been abused... What does the abuser typically say? They typically say, don't tell anyone. They typically say, if you tell anyone, I'm going to have to kill you. They say, if you share this, I won't be your friend anymore. If you do this, these people won't like you. And whatever other justification they want to say to keep their self hidden. But let me tell you, when you shine that light on that darkness, exposure therapy. That mindset of I have to keep this to myself because I'm going to overshare, I'm going to say the wrong thing, I'm going to get it wrong. It comes from that stem of don't tell anyone. Why not? Why should I not tell anyone? Tell me that. Tell me why I shouldn't tell anyone. And if you don't have a reason besides a threat, that's not good enough anymore. That's not good enough anymore. Threats won't keep keep this person silent. And so the gift of prophecy runs in my family. And a lot of times I say I'm just going to keep my visions to myself. And sometimes I have to until it's a proper time to share the vision But other times, I keep it to myself, or I used to keep it to myself out of fear of being wrong or fear of being whatever. But if I keep it to myself, how does it get heard? If I keep it to myself, who's it helping? If I keep it to myself, then what? (laughs) Now there's a saying, 
The saying is, you're only as sick as your secrets. And I know that has a heavy vibration to it because of the words are very daunting. But I want to share a story because I thought about this the other day. My inner child gave the story and I'm going to end on this note because this is, this is a lot to process. And for those who are listening, I thank you brave souls for listening. And for those who have left, I thank you as well. Um, but if you're still here listening, I had this, I'm going to share a story. I had this story come to me. And this is the story of the light child and the dark child. The light child and the dark child. So, once upon a time, there was a parent. A parent who really loved being with the light. They loved everything about this light child, this light being child. So the parent takes these two children to the park. He's holding one hand of the dark child and one hand of the light child. We're all walking to the park. All right, the dark child says, I'm going to be over here playing. And the parent says, okay, I'll be over here. And the light child says, I'm going to be over here playing. He says, okay, I'll be right here. And um, the parent, you know, decides, hey, let me go check on the light child here. The parent goes and checks on the light child. And is playing with the light child and having so much fun and it's just like, wow, this is so cool, and you're so fun to be around, and you're so beautiful and pure, and I just love this. Meanwhile, the dark child is watching all of this. The dark child is watching the parent play with the light child for hours, five hours later, still still in the same spot. I never want this moment to end. Oh my gosh, you're, you're such a light being. You're such a light child. And so eventually the dark child gets up and says, hey, can you come over here and play with me for a moment? And the parent's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll be right there. I'll, I'll come play. Yeah, just give me one moment. So the parent is still hanging out with the light child like, oh, I'm loving this son. I'm just loving this, this light child here. But I'll be right back. I got to go play with the dark child. So the parent goes and plays with the dark child. The dark child is, you know, like, hey, can we play with these skulls right here? And the parent's like, oh, yeah, sure, we can play with these skulls. Okay, are we done? And the dark child's like, wait, you're leaving already? It's only been five minutes. And the, the parent goes, yeah, but uh, we're done, right? Like, you're good? You, you cool? Like, I can go, right? And the dark child says, no, I, I'd like it if you could stay a little bit longer. Okay, I'll, I'll stay. Yeah, sure, for sure, yeah, you know. I love you guys equally. Yes, I'll stay. Sure. Meanwhile, the parent is, you know, really uncomfortable. It's dark. It's gloomy. It's raining. It's thunderstorming where the dark child wants to play. And the parent's kind of looking over over the parent's shoulder like, let me check on the light child and see what the light child is doing. Looking over and seeing the light child in the sun with rainbows and unicorns and, you know, four-leaf clovers and all this extra shit. And the, the parent is like, ooh, that looks a lot of fun. But damn it, I said I would stay here with this dark child. All right. The dark child is picking up on all of this. The dark child is seeing the parent really looking over, wanting to be in the light, really not 
wanting to be where they are. They're not being present. And I, I shared this story because that's what we do with our dark side. That's what we do with our demons. That's what we do with the parts that we've rejected of ourselves. We don't want to sit with them fully. I'm angry. Oh, no, I got to get happy real quick. Why? Why do you have to force yourself to be happy now? Oh, because, you know, I, I want to be a positive person. Okay. Can you still be a positive person and have anger? Yeah. All right. So why can't you sit with your anger for a minute? Oh, because it's so damn uncomfortable. Oh, okay. So you want to be comfortable. Okay. So that's what it is. Got you. All right, cool. Bet. So now I use that analogy and that story because that's what we do with ourselves. And that's what we've been taught to do to others. And that's what has been done to us. And we have to sit with those aspects that we've rejected just as long as we would with anything else. You know, we have a good moment or a good memory. We never want it to end. But why, when we have a bad memory, we want to get out that shit as quick as possible? We want to leave. Get me out of here. I don't want to feel this pain. What is going on? <laughs> okay, but you was just in the sun for like seven hours, though. You was over there basking in the, in the glory, but you can't sit here in the suffering? Okay. All right. Anyways, that is my story. That is my analogy for today. Um, a lot of times I get <laughs> analogies like this, so... I'll be sharing more in the future, but this is all for now. You all take care, you know, be kind to yourself. If this has really rocked your world, sit and center, sit and center and realize that it's all one and that you're okay. That above all else, you are okay. Whatever you're ashamed of, whatever you dislike about yourself, that's okay. And find appreciation for it instead, if you can. Find love and acceptance for it, if you can. Find approval for it, if you can. Dole out the voices of everyone else and listen to your own. And you will hear and you will find your way. Until next time.